Welcome all. Chakalaka, welcome. Who's Chakalaka? I don't know, some dude I just met. Nice. Yeah, I'll, you can bring him in later. We're going to introduce him. Be like, Chakalaka, Jared, Jared, Chakalaka. What nationality is Chakalaka? Not sure, just oh, met okay. him. Yeah. Do you speak English? Kind of. Cool. About cool. as good as you do. That's fair, and it's acceptable here on Outside the Mic. Outside the Mic. I'm Jarrett Weimer. I'm Martin Meyer. And we banter all matters music. Absolutely. I just saw that on a bumper sticker. Really? Uh-huh. How come we're not making any money off of that? I don't know. Did we steal it? Did we? No, I'm just kidding. I, didn't <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen it somewhere, the that, way life goes. That's our slogan right now. I, I feel, I'm, I don't know, I'm a little sheepish about this episode today are you i am i feel like we're going to be embracing a different tone of outside the mic and that's okay i feel calm i feel at peace in that i think we've done that before and we've made it through i remember you you struggled a little bit with the story about james brown the original disco man was a little bit yeah and so what you've kind of filled me in with today a little bit of sadness yeah. But that's okay. It is. I've gone a little back and forth with this one, though, and it's fascinating. You know me, Mr. Morbid, I've been calling myself. Yeah. So uh, It's kind it's, of freaking me out, man. It, it's <laughs> fascinating, and I think it's because I can, hopefully, it's because I can look at these just at the... At, at how interesting and fascinating stories can be about circumstances and fate that can happen to people sure. and not just get sucked in and just be bummed out because they can be pretty sad too. Yeah. And, when you, time, so. and especially in music. And when you look up to legendary artists, it's, it's, it's uh, curious to know how they ended up, how, how things went for them mm-hmm. and how they passed if they, if they have already. So yeah. I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. All right. So, I mean, we'll be fine. We'll make it through. <laughs> We're okay. <laughs> we'll make it through. But we don't, it's not all about sadness and death and all of that stuff today at OTM, right, Jared? No, my yeah, my good. story is great. Mine is kind of happy. Good, kind of. It, it uh, let's just say it, it takes our curiosity past the moon and the stars. Wow. Into extraterrestrial grounds. How poetic. Thank you. It does, really? It does. Wow. Would you like a walnut? I'm good. Okay. I prefer not to crunch while on the mic. I did. Crunching on the mic. I prefer to crunch outside the mic. Oh, (laughs) very nice. Good for you. I think that that is a good rule of thumb. I got these today. I was a little snacky. Your walnuts? Yeah. Actually, at our local grocery store in our small town, they actually had some organic raw walnuts they're pretty yummy but i'm probably exceeding the suggested serving size already so i won't crunch anymore on the mic either good for you you know when i get snacky i don't necessarily turn to raw walnuts for a snack it's usually bad choices well that's an interesting thing we won't spend too much time on that but i have found that if you do make a little bit of an effort you know you tend to 
have this craving and right away I think about something like a potato chip. Sure. You know, oh, crunchy. Salty mm. and crunchy. And and uh, once I start looking around, I see there are some other options because I got a really kind of a yummy, uh, more of a natural beef jerky and beef jerky and walnuts was pretty good. That is, that's pretty so, satisfying. Yeah. I get yeah. it. And it sent some, we'll see how sharp I am because walnuts are supposed to be kind of like brain food because they look like a brain a little bit. Ah. Did you ever think about that? No. <laughs> Oh, they look like a wrinkled almond. I no, don't know. look at that. See, like the both sides too. Okay, it's like your your brain. They're like brain. They have selenium or something that feeds your brain. I don't know what it is, but wow, selenium. I know it'll make me so smarter. <laughs> is today. it working? Uh, Outsiders, let us know. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to jump into my story if that's okay today. We'll that's get right good. down to it. <clears throat> you do that. So mine's short. Wait, do we have any shout-outs? We don't have any shout-outs. I checked. Wow. We don't have any shout outs. So, outsiders, we need some love from mm-hmm. y'all. Mm-hmm. If you uh, love OTM and you uh, are uh, a fan, we need some love on Facebook, Instagram, whatever you whatever you think. We want to hear, uh, and then suggestions, too. What do you want to hear, too? We uh, we spend a lot of time researching and, and coming up with things that we that uh, we want to talk about and, and things that we think would be interesting, but just let us know where you're uh, we are here to serve you. We are. And you might have to just hold on here one second. And for some reason, my phone's not loading this now, though. But I do recall that on our last post, there were shares of our post on oh. Facebook. Uh, and I, th- I think we could give a quick shout out to those people. You start your story. I'm going to listen. But I'll see if I can find their names and then we'll mention them later. And we do appreciate anybody who shares our post uh, give it a like, whatever that helps to, you know, help stick the word out. For Tell sure. your friend. So, Everybody thanks. wants to be an outsider. Right. Okay, so we are going to be talking about Tom DeLong. Who? Tom DeLong. Don't you know? I have no idea who Tom DeLong is. Well, you might be familiar with the uh, the band that he co-founded, the good old pop punk band Blink One Eighty Two. I have heard of Blink-182. I have to admit that I'm not... It's just kind of like a Green Day thing for me. Um, yeah, I mean, so. they're definitely punk, but these guys would be more like top 40 punk. They were they were very popular when I was in um, high school. Okay. And uh, I'm just going to play a little tidbit of one of their most popular songs here just to kind of get the palette uh, ready for the story. So this is All the Small Things by Blink-182, just about 30 seconds worth. Here we go. All right. Oh, yeah. Nice. You, you were driving a Pontiac Grand Am with some frosted tips back in the early 2000s listening to that right there. I was. <clears throat> Spiky hair, frosted tips, yeah. I was. Well, I was. I don't know what you were doing in the early 2000s. You were seriously driving a Pontiac Grand Am? Well, I had a Pontiac Sunfire, but yeah, I mean. Sweet. Pontiac was huge. I kind of recognize that song. Yeah, that was the most popular song. It does. Mm-hmm. Was, it, was that... And it was in a lot of movies too. I think oh, it was, was in yeah, uh, yeah. Cheaper by the Dozen had a lot of uh, okay. like Blink One Eighty Two, uh, Simple Plan, the new Cheaper by the Dozen with Dennis Quaid, I think, in it. Okay. Uh huh. Well, was that eighties? 
That it was sounds like an eighties song. No, that was probably early two thousands. I would say because they really? these guys were okay. popular from like. Well, I'll talk about that. Okay. Um, hey, real real quick. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. I did find it, and there may have been more shares, but I know when we. Uh, hey, and we had a lot of fun. And if you haven't heard our mini episode. In between our main episodes, every other Monday now, we're going to do our mini episode and feature a musical performance that yeah. we do on that. Got some good feedback on that, and I spoke to some people directly that really enjoyed it, and maybe they liked it because it was shorter. <laughs> we we got to the punch there, and boom, we did it, and uh, it was fun. It ended up being 24 minutes. When we posted that, I want to thank Todd for sharing it, and Easton shared it. And Cecily shared it. Oh, is that my mother-in-law. Name? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so your wife just, and your mother-in-law. So just that's yeah. great. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you, family, for the support. Appreciate it. Yeah. It, do, it doesn't matter if it's a close relative or somebody we don't even know, but uh, we yeah. appreciate all the same. So Thank okay, you. Blink One Eighty Two. We're going to be talking about Dom DeLong to, or Tom DeLong today, I should say. And uh, he was the co-founder of the band Blink One Eighty Two. We just heard a little bit from them. <clears throat> And uh, he was in the band for 23 years before uh, he he quit the the group in 2015, and we'll talk about why. Okay. But a little background on Blink-182. They were an all-star pop-punk band made famous with the songs I Miss You, Adam's Song, and What Went Wrong. Um, their name originally was going to be Duct Tape, but they chose the name Blink instead. Duck, like, were they going to spell it like duck tape? Like duck tape, okay. yeah. Okay. I'm really glad they didn't go with duck tape. Yeah. But uh, they, later, they later had to add the numbers 182 because there was an Irish, elect, Irish electronica band with the same, uh, same name, Blink, and ordered the American pop punk band to change their name. They must have had the rights to the, to the Blink oh. name. Well, good for them. I think Blink <clears throat> 182 sounds cooler anyway. It does sound cool. And then I have a question, okay, what does 182 mean? What and does 182 mean? Yeah. Apparently, um, the numbers 182 is a cyber term, which means I hate you. Hmm. Yeah. No kidding. Isn't that great? A cyber term? Cyber term. I don't know if it's like a texting thing or what. I didn't I didn't look further into it, but 182 and cyber term means in robot language means <laughs> I hate you. 182. Okay. Means hate you. Cyber is robot language. Yeah. You don't want to know what 192 means. You sure? Yeah. I kind of do want to know. <laughs> well, I don't even know what it means. I don't want to know, Jared. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So uh, that's kind of the kind of a little bit of backstory on Blink 182. They were super popular, uh, mega star, uh, mega band, mega band, I should say. <laughs> Mega Burger. Mega Burger. Wow. All right. So getting to the outside the mic part of the story. And again, like I said, it's going to be a little shorter this week. But um, so far, it's not seeming that way, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you have no faith. You have no faith. <laughs> I do. I, I trust you implicitly and completely and 100%. Affirmative. Yeah. I'm going to trail off here. Have you seen the, the kids show, the animated movie Inside Out? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It kind of reminds me of sadness right now. Oh, me? Yeah. I'm trying to be... I'm trying to be happiness or whatever she's called, the yellow. I'm over here chuckling. I'm being more of the antagonist, I think. Is that a is that an emotion? Sad. Yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> it probably is. It's the, you know, me expressing that subconscious sadness that I'm carrying with me <laughs> for this story. So I'm going to try to, I'll shake it. I'm shaking it off, Jared. Okay. Go okay. ahead. We'll yeah. start high and low. Here we go. Right. So... <clears throat> 
along in this multi-platinum band uh, that had gained star status in the music industry. Uh, he is set uh, um, basically in the height of their career. Uh, each member was pretty much set up for life. He quits the band to pursue other interests. Right on. So... What are those interests? Well, he tried his hand at designing clothes, shoe lines, and even went as far as co-founding LoserKids.com, which used to be a website, at, and I tried to look it up. It's no longer no longer a thing. must have been in the early 2000s. Uh, well, with website. a name like that. LoserKids.com, Loser Kids, yeah. right. And he had a shoe line? Yeah, shoe and, line. And basically, and that's what LoserKids.com is, is it's like a, a youth-branded apparel. So he, and Which makes sense because Blink-182 was really appealing to the teenagers, the teenage... Uh, I demographic there, especially like young teenage girls, loved Blink One Eighty Two. It was a okay. it was a major sound that they were putting out back then. I have a question? Yeah. So the shoe line was it called the Delory shoes or was it Blink One Eighty Two shoes? The Delong. <laughs> Delorean, or DeLong, DeLong, I'm sorry, DeLong, shoes. yeah. I don't know, uh, he had some sort of, uh, not like an LLC, but he had some sort of business name that he went under. But Oh, so it wasn't either of them for the shoes? Though. No, it didn't really pertain, okay. yeah. yeah. All right. Well, if you'd think if you're going to capitalize on your stardom, you might want to use your name. Or you would think so. Name. Yeah, that's probably why so. he failed on those endeavors. <laughs> probably, okay. that's a good point. Um Anyway, that the the clothesline, the shoes, uh, it just wasn't enough for DeLong, and uh, there were curiosities that reached beyond the stars, questioning existence as we knew it, and, cur- and curious to know what else was out there, like maybe UFOs were real. His curiosity. Right. Okay. So DeLong has since devoted most of his life, both in time and monetarily, in researching extraterrestrial life existing beyond life on Earth. In 2011, DeLong launched Strange Times, a website devoted to extraterrestrial life, paranormal activity, and let's see if you know what this word is, means cryptozoology. I do not know, but that's kind of a strange combination because you go with crypto, like cryptocurrency. So crypto is something digital, digital zoology. I, I don't know. That's weird. What does it mean? Grit, I'm going to give you a hand uh, for for the effort there, but it actually is the... (laughs) Okay, go ahead. It is the search for and study of animals who exist, uh, whose existence or survival is disputed or unsubstantiated, such as the Loch Ness Monster and the Yeti. So basically the study of the, the mythical creatures that may or may not roam the earth. Okay, that's good. I have then you keep going because I had no idea what crypto meant then because obviously I was a little off on that. Right, gotcha. According to history.com, listen, listen here. According to history.com, UFOs and unexplained things have been a passion of Tom's most of his life. So it made sense to him to abandon his mega career to pursue uh, unearthing the unbelievable. After conducting interviews and having top-secret meetings with high-level government insiders um, who shared DeLong's belief and suspicions on exposing undisclosed important information regarding UFOs, um, he uh, developed the organization called the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. The organization includes an elite team of former government and defense contractor insiders who would work behind the scenes on top-secret cases. Um, Their goal in this organization is to persuade the government to reveal what it knows about UFOs. Oh. So you go from being a pop-punk man to basically founding and spearheading this 
organization to find extraterrestrial. Are you doing yoga right now? Are you prepping for your story? You're really, folks, he's really trying to get into the zone. Marty is, he's, I don't, this isn't necessarily the uh, downward dog. It's more like the the parrot leg or something. What do you call that? You're not necessarily supposed to, um, you know, explain what I have going on over here while I'm listening Illustrate to what's happening? Yeah, just how can I not? How can I be talking about UFOs while you're stretching like a monkey over just here? Just trying to lighten things up a little, Jarrett. That's all. <laughs> you're, you're practicing the uh, works and science of cryptozoology. I had a little crypto cramp in my leg here. I just needed to get rid of it. Crypto means hidden or secret, by the way. So, ah, yeah. see, oh, so I wasn't too far was, off. Yeah, this was a hidden secret cramp. <laughs> hidden secret. And now everybody knows about I, it. Those are those <laughs> really creep up on you. <laughs> <I do. laughs> okay, that's great. Back to the story. Here we go. So he has started this uh, organization called the Star Academy of of Arts and Science. The Stars Academy, excuse me, of Arts and Science. And um, so. This kind of pertains to what's happening now, and I and I didn't realize this. I found this uh, particular story on a uh, website, and I was really just oogling around for some crazy stories of, of rock bands and stuff. And when I came onto this, I'm like, well, why can't we? We cannot not talk about some, uh, a pop, pop punk man who left his career to pursue UFOs. Short story, but they he current- did leave his career to do. This. Oh yeah, this, this like is what he does. On. Okay. This is what he does, okay. and 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 it makes sense because they currently, right now, uh, they currently have a TV show called Unidentified uh, Inside America's UFO Investigations, and it's on the History Channel. So he's got oh. a TV show right now. That's what's crypto currently happening. It's crypto. It's secretly, uh, myth mythifyingly happening right now. <laughs> Did you just make a word I up? did just make a word Mythifyingly. Up. Or was it a crypto word? Yeah. You they, didn't know it existed. Probably should be secret. <laughs> <laughs> it should remain a secret in my head. It should. No, so wait. Let's go back just a second. Sure. I'm sorry. It's on the History Channel? It's on the History Channel. And it's called what? It's called the Unidentified Inside America's UFO Investigation. Okay, cool. Yep. So it's on the History Channel right now. Mm-hmm. Haven't watched it. I don't have the History Channel, but I want to watch it. Yeah, because like I do have a out. secret. I've always been kind of a Bigfoot follower. They used to have that show, ah. Finding Bigfoot or whatever, and I used to watch it. And of course, they never found him, or they, you know, they. I don't know. Is that your crypto fantasy, Jared? Crypto fantasy. This is getting weird now. I don't want to <laughs> yes. talk about. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> what other crypto <laughs> fantasies do you have, Jared? That you can reveal? Well, they are crypto, Marty. Okay, let's keep them that way. <laughs> let's keep them that way. You just continue your crypto. Bigfoot. That's there. cool. We wanted to max my son on, on his birthday, and we never ended up doing it. He had an idea one year that he wanted to go out and search for Bigfoot on his birthday. We were going to go out to a piece of property we had and, and try to do Bigfoot calls like they do on that one in search of Bigfoot thing. Sure, these it's guys. legit. And it's yeah. just a yell. Have you ever heard it? I think I have, but I don't remember what it sounds like. Do you? Yeah. Do you do your Bigfoot call for <clears throat> You have to get away from the mic. Ready? Okay. This is, this is really ugly. Oh, we may okay. not even keep this in here. Ready? We'll see. Look it up. It sounds just like a scream. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember exactly, but it, they just scream. We should have kept that crypto. <laughs> I don't know if it didn't peek out too bad. We might have to leave that on there, but I don't remember that being the call I heard. But Well, what did you think it was? I think was? that would scare the crap out of Bigfoot. <laughs> 
He's like, oh, I don't know, think I want to see you go near that. Damn, I was over here taking a dump, and now I'm running through the trees. Uh, All right. Who knows? Yeah. We're not the ones that have a... We're not. An organization dedicated to finding Facebook these things. Or UFO, yeah. yeah, we're not. No. <laughs> thing. So, it's pretty cool. Um, his little uh, curiosity towards UFOs and unidentified things has kind of paid off for Tom. Tom uh, DeLong has received the award for UFO Researcher of the Year from the International UFO Congress. No Did you know kidding. that was a thing? I didn't know that was a thing, no. That was a thing. On factmag.com, where I got some of this information, um, they conclude the article by saying, like... I don't know, guys. I'm supposed to be writing jokes here, but this isn't this isn't a joke. It's all true. Oof. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. Blink 182's Tom DeLong now spends his days searching for UFOs and extraterrestrial life. And is being thusly awarded for this effort too. And is so that's being yeah, recognized. Having much and, success. Wow. That's what he's doing outside well, the mic. I like that the, the thing that intrigued me the most about the story is that there is an effort to get the government to reveal what they know about it. Is that what you said? That was part of it? And ex-government employees are part of this organization. And so there must be some truth to it. I don't know. Well, you'd have to think so because I've read enough here and there throughout the years and seen books where it's always, there's always a reference to some, type of you know government information or government cover-up i mean they've had to have known and um they talk about that with nasa where there's supposedly stories where they've seen stuff that was unusual and they were told you know keep it under wraps but i think there was one of the astronauts who who did not and was either in an interview on a documentary or whatever who said they had seen things that were sort of unexplained and when then he was mysteriously killed off. Floating around, yeah. Is that what happened? Speaking of killed off, Jared, you had to do it again. I was doing pretty good. No, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't. No, he's still alive. We're not oh. going to go there. Did that just segue <laughs> us into yeah. yours? That could be the segue into mine. If that's it, does that wrap up Mr. That's DeLong? That's it, DeLong, yeah. the UFO fascinating extraordinaire guy it's fascinating so was that song that you played was that like they're probably their most popular all the small things yeah that was their most popular one so i have Mm -hmm. heard of them but i don't i can't say that i was you know intimately familiar with that song yeah and i mean now me uh, now in the years that i'm in it's definitely i mean i can't say that i'm a huge blink 182 fan but when i was a teenager that was they were pretty popular and yeah. uh, other yeah. bands like Simple Plan and Slightly Stupid, um, those were all pretty huge when I was going to school. Those names are remotely familiar to me as well. So, well dude, yeah. props to you. Hey, so is this your new trend now? We're gonna we went from alter egos to now we're gonna be I talking will, about. I will. I will remain from. Well, I shouldn't say that because sometimes refrain. I find refrain. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes you just find cool stories. But I will try to refrain from doing any more punk. Okay. I don't want anybody to think that I'm just like this secret punk lover because I'm not. It's just the, uh-huh. they're not afraid to work outside the mic. See, that didn't sound punky to me, though. That sounded more like... Pop, poppy. Yeah, early dun, 90s, dun, 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 late yeah. 80s kind of, uh, yeah, pop, metal. <clears throat> um, I don't know what other term they would have for it. Stuff like, um, oh, and I can't think of the name of the group now. It just slipped my mind. It's like skateboarder music to me. Yeah, sort like. of. Sort of like that. Uh, the Gin Blossoms, stuff like that. Okay. You remember them? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of that. I liked that stuff. It sure. was like rock and roll, but it was catchy. 
It's almost like a, combining that with the older like Archie 60s kind of thing because it was real That's exactly and, what I was thinking. Yeah, the right Archie on. mags. Yeah, for right sure. on, right on. Yeah. All, All right. right, everybody, kick back on your chase lounge and uh, you know you might have to have some therapy after this one. Here I'm just go. kidding. We're talking about it, but I bet it's a good story. I'm ready, Marty. Well, I want to just write off if I, you know, I definitely don't, <laughs> I don't want to. You know, I may end up chuckling at some point, or you might, or we don't want to ever. Uh, anybody that we speak of, we do with all due respect. And, you know, once in a while, if you find something humorous in it, that's how we escape our pain, right? <laughs> if we're yeah. feeling sad about it. But uh, um, Com- Comedic relief, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. We have, if you've been listening to recent episodes, it's come up a couple times. You know, I'm always curious... If it hasn't been mentioned how somebody did meet their end, you know, what was their demise in the mm-hmm. end. And it's always fascinated, fascinated me, too, that in the world of music, the music industry, whether it's rock and roll, uh, pop music, whatever, there always seems to be stories about these unfortunate um you know, endings for people where it may have involved alcohol or it might have involved drugs. You know, you're kind of just accustomed to hearing those kind of stories. Isn't that um, the the rocker way though you when you think of musicians or especially great artists they're like they've got just this the what are they what's the word i'm looking for they're like doomed you know they just are they attract they attract things like depression and, and feelings you know and that's good in some sense because they can kind of portray that in some of their songs and the lyrics are really heartfelt but they're always uh trying to think of the word that I'm trying to I'm trying to sum up here uh, uh, conflicted they're you. always conflicted I'm gonna do that from now on I'm just going <laughs> just, uh. <laughs> it serves as kind of white noise for me but they're conflicted right all their life they have, they're conflicted and they're beside themselves like Edgar Allan Poe was conflicted Kurt well, Cobain was conflicted you you're, know? yeah you're touching on something that I think that's what I found in doing a little bit of research about it. And I mentioned this article that I had read the last time. There was a doctor who wrote an article, and it was titled, Are Pop Stars Destined to Die Young? Right. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So he actually looked at it statistically, and there certainly is evidence to suggest that they often meet an unfortunate demise that is due to whether it's uh, drug abuse, medication, or drinking too much, plane, pushing you know, you the limits, about, yeah, airplanes and stuff like that, traveling, yeah. whatever it is. But it was pretty interesting because one of the things that he mentioned, and that's kind of what you were touching on, is, is it does a quest for fame lead to an early demise? And he said one answer may come from dysfunctional childhoods. Hmm. And what they're talking about is that in in some of these instances, when you look at famous artists, they may have they may have become an artist because they had a difficult childhood too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I won't go too much into detail about that, but he does talk about through the lens of like intrinsic versus extrinsic life aspirations. People who have intrinsic goals seek inward happiness and contentment. On the other hand, people who possess extrinsic goals focus on material success fame and wealth the exact sort of thing attained by these exceptional artists so according to research people who have extrinsic goals 
tend to have had less involved parents and are more likely to experience bouts of depression. Hmm. That's fascinating, huh? That is quite the connection. I, I agree with that childhood deal that you mentioned. Now, I want to spin another something at you. Spin away. And we talked about this, I think, last main episode. Um, I think I mentioned like Michael Jackson or something. But somebody who's reached this fame and this status where money is no issue and they can buy all that life has to offer you, at some point it leaves you wanting more. Hmm. And the only thing that's going to get you that out-of-body experience is drugs or alcohol. Well, there you go. And so they're wanting more. They're they're not satisfied. Uh, the typical person is satisfied when they uh, buy a new car. It's exciting. Well, when you own 15 new Lamborghinis, it's probably not so exciting anymore. Mm-hmm. So you turn to the next thing, the next high, like mm-hmm. you said, maybe you're... Um, so that leads you to, to pushing that drugs and alcohol a little more to the point of no return. Heck, that could be. That could yeah. be as well. Well, you have the means to purchase. Right. You know, own, which a lot of people that couldn't afford cocaine or whatever it is or heroin. Uh, and it's amazing how many of them, uh, you know, I read, read, I saw the story about Ray Charles and it would mm-hmm. suggest there that he almost did heroin his whole life. Some of them are still a, like a functioning artist yeah. doing that. And then maybe later on they get off whatever drug of choice it is that they have. It's it's there's so many variables there's so many different situations and things that would uh i'm sure we could sit here and hypothesize and if you research it there's tons of information all right um, and there probably has been people who have done the research and have looked into it so well that's like this guy and he said also there's a good deal of research that has been explored between the fine line of creative genius and mental illness too Mm. And they talk about people like authors like Virginia Woolf, Ernest Hemingway. You know, it's almost like some of these people are that it's that genius thing. And you don't know what's going on with their whole brain makeup that they're able to tap into something. But it's almost borderline. That creative genius almost does potentially border on insanity, too, at times. But I mean, not that that's necessarily specifically related to my story today. But I just think it's fascinating. It's um, and, and I think that's where. I kind of got led down this path a little bit because I was watching a documentary. It was that I brought it up before about Hired Gun. And in that documentary, they mentioned Randy Rhodes. And it was discussed about how he died. And it it blew my mind because what I realized at the time was that I had assumed that he had met one of these, you know, typical fates as an artist that he had either, you know, overdosed or whatever, or drank too much. It was just kind of an assumption, which I feel bad about that. And that's why I think now I'm a little more interested in researching because it doesn't always end up being the case, even though there has been a lot of them. So do you know how he died? No, but I mean, with a front man like Ozzy Osbourne, I can understand why you, uh, you jump to that conclusion. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> right? that is part of it that he was associated with Ozzy and you'd think, with well, the, he had to be. The weirdest a, front man that's ever lived. Yeah. Total party maniac. Yeah. Uh, if you're touring with Ozzy Osbourne. Well, what's interesting, in fact, and I didn't know a lot about Randy. When I think about Randy Rhodes, for me, and this is my own, I admit, um, you know, we've said that before, we're not, there's probably a lot of people who are. My cousin was just visiting me, and he is 
a rather, 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 he's a rather well-versed, <laughs> like, uh, rock and roll aficionado, and he knows a lot of this stuff and his research stuff before. But what I knew about Randy Rhodes was he was a guitar player for uh, for Ozzy. He was a yeah. hell of a guitar player. And uh, I always think of Crazy Train. Mm-hmm. You know, that's... He was credited. He was pretty young at the time. He studied classical guitar. Oh, okay. And he was actually credited along with some other famous names um, for being... Instru- uh, influential in creating this neoclassical guitar style sure, yeah. where they were doing the high speed scales and all that stuff. Eddie was kind Eddie of doing Van that Halen, stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But they're saying Randy, you know, at the time was maybe one of the biggest influences to that style of guitar. I can't but, say that I've ever studied his life, but I've definitely just throughout the years, you take a look at iconic guitar players in their tone. Mm-hmm. And he does, I mean, anytime you you can recognize when it's Randy playing. He's one of those guitar players where his tone and his playability and his style yeah. was uh, just, it was him. You yeah. couldn't be mistaken for anybody else. Yeah, yeah, and he he was, uh, he pursued it and practiced and actually was talking about going back to school to study classical guitar. Oh, wow. Yeah, and like you said, though, it's interesting you time in with Ozzy, but there was a uh, part of the conversation about how he died, they were talking about the night before he gave Ozzy a hard time for partying so hard. Oh, yeah. And they would say when the band was out late partying, often they would find him somewhere practicing. Hmm. So he was pretty well behaved and pretty dedicated to his craft, which I think is pretty cool when you find that out. It said the last thing Rhodes, Ozzy said the last thing he said to him the night before was, you'll kill yourself, you know, one of these days. Oh, wow. And he was, yeah, he was addressing his drinking. This is Randy too, Ozzy. Randy saying that to Ozzy. Wow. Pretty crazy. Uh, so you don't know how he died. I don't. I don't know how he died, no. Okay. I heard this and I was like, you're kidding me. I can't believe this is what happened. And then it led me on a quest to to find out a little bit more about it. But apparently they were on the road, they were touring. Mm-hmm. And the last show they played was March 18, 1982 at the Knoxville Civic Coliseum. Okay. Knoxville, Tennessee, I believe. I've played there a couple times. Okay. So you're familiar with that. That's good. <laughs> Glad to know that, Jared. <laughs> Tell the rest Back of the story. Back in 83. The next day, they were heading to a festival in Orlando, Florida. And their bus driver uh, was a gentleman named um, Andrew Acock. And apparently, they had a malfunctioning air conditioning unit um, on the bus and so they had stopped at a place called the Flying Baron Estates in Leesburg, Florida, to fix the air conditioner. And this property was owned by the Calhoun Brothers Tour Bus Company. So apparently there was some, there's lots of different stories. And I got, I have to admit, a lot of this information just comes from Wikipedia. Sure. Uh, but I did look at some other articles as well. And there's some, some of the things correlate. And then there's some interesting parts about the story that are a little bit different from here to there. And there's a little bit of mystery. The and legend of it. it. Yeah, sure. exactly. But this was apparently this estate next to some huge mansions and they had an airstrip. And so apparently Andrew Acock, the bus driver, had an expired pilot's license. Okay. So okay. he did not currently have an up-to-date <clears throat> license, but he found some whether it's keys, I guess it would be in a small aircraft, this Beechcraft F-35 that was registered registered to a guy named Mark Mike Parton. And so after partying all night, Andrew did. I guess at the time he wasn't 
drunk or high, but he had been doing cocaine all night. Okay. Talked about later. So yeah. a massive hangover. Yeah, and he didn't hadn't slept. So here he oh, is. He's wired. God. He's been doing this. So they took a flight. The first flight, he took up their tour manager Don Airy and Jake Duncan, who was oh I'm sorry, keyboardist was Don Airy and the tour manager was Jake Duncan. And during that flight, they said that he buzzed the bus in attempt to wake drummer Tommy Aldridge. Well, apparently. Tommy wasn't the only one sleeping in the bus. So Tommy was sleeping in there. Ozzy was sleeping in there. Rudy Sarzo, the bass player, was asleep in the bus. And they opted not to go for a plane ride. They just wanted to sleep it off, apparently, from the night before. Well, he had buzzed the bus a couple times, and then they landed. And he was going to go back up again. So it said the second flight soon took to the air with Rhodes and makeup artist Rachel Youngblood. And so Rhodes was actually afraid of flying, but he wanted to take some pictures for his mom. Oh, wow. And they couldn't convince Rudy to get on the airplane. And apparently he wanted to be assured that he wasn't going to do this, where he was going to buzz this anymore. And he said no, because this gal, Rachel, actually had, um, the makeup artist, actually had some heart trouble. And he so he assured him, I'm not going to. I won't do this. I won't be buzzing the tour bus. So he's like, okay. So he agreed to go up in this plane. And what does he do? He proceeds to buzz the tour bus again. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Isn't this crazy? And I guess on the third time that he buzzed the tour bus, the, uh, the plane was kind of sideways. The wing clipped the tour bus, spun out of control, hit a pine tree, and crashed into a mansion. And it burned immediately. I mean, they were all killed instantly when that happened. So these guys are actually, this isn't just a plane crash. Like, you know, they're touring. This is like a joyride. And here you have the rest of the band, including Ozzy, in the bus. And Rudy Sarzo talked about it on the documentary where they hear this huge crashing sound. And they see a hole in the bus. And they go out and here's this uh, airplane on fire. And then they realize what's going on. Can you imagine the hysteria and the the madness that that would have been going on in their minds at the time. Oh, absolutely. And for them to be the partiers and the one safe guy who was even looking out for this, for this makeup artist, plus just taking, wanting to take pictures for his mom, totally innocent. Yeah. And just gets the the short end of the stick. Yeah. Wow. that, That fate, just fate to have that happen. And the guy, here's the interesting part about it when it comes to mystery and intrigue is there was one eyewitness and that was the keyboardist who had gone on the previous ride, Don Mm -hmm. Airy. He was actually taking pictures of the airplane and he claims he had a telephoto lens and that he thought he was pretty convinced he saw a struggle going on in the cockpit Uh between Rhodes and Aycock, the pilot. And so who knows if... Well, I'll, t- I'll give you a little more on that, but it makes you think that maybe Rhodes was like, what the hell are you doing? Just cut it out. Airplane. Yeah. And to the point where maybe he got a little hysterical and was trying to, you know, grab the wheel or who knows, maybe the guy was starting to, who knows, who knows what could have been happening. But to see them struggling makes it a little more interesting. Or he was having too. some sort of medical issue and Rhodes was trying to, to control the plane or something. Who knows? Who knows? The guy said, here's his quote. He said, I had my camera. I was taking photos of the plane to give to Randy afterwards. I had my telephoto lens on 
and I could tell that there was some sort of struggle going on on board. The wings were rapidly tipping from side to side. Mm. At one point, the plane almost became perpendicular. Oh, jeez. No more than six feet off the ground. That's when I put down my camera and I saw the plane right in front of me. I quickly crouched to avoid getting hit Whoa! and looked over my shoulder and watched it clip the bus, bus, crash into the tree and explode on impact into the mansion. Oh my gosh. Is that just crazy? (laughs) I mean, that makes sense. I mean, if they nearly hit this guy, then who was in control of this plane? Exactly. Exactly. So here's the other part that's interesting, though, too. Apparently, Acock's estranged wife, Wanda, was with them. And I think they were supposed to, they were going to be attempting to reconcile their relationship. Oh, God. Yeah, so this is the, the weird mystery part of it, too. And I guess none of this, and I would have to look deeper into it to see if there was ever more investigation into this yeah but here's what makes it even more interesting is that she was with them had spent the last night on the bus and they were aware that they were trying to reconcile their relationship witnesses described the driver's state of mind this is acock as agitated in the hours before the fatal crash according to witnesses wanda emerged from inside the bus shortly after the second flight took off and was standing in the doorway watching the plane as acock made his final approach so Ari and Sarzo both surmise that Acock, having suddenly seen his estranged ex-wife appear, may have snapped and made the impulsive decision to kill her by crashing the plane into the bus. Holy buckets. Because apparently there was some speculation that he wanted to reconcile, but she had decided she wasn't going to. So not only do you have a guy who is up all night on cocaine, no sleep, he's got this situation going on, out of his mind, not even in his right mind at no, this point. Not oh, at all. And he's flying God, an airplane. Flying an airplane. <laughs> oh, Marty. I'm Isn't need that such therapy after this? Oh, uh, that's what I told you. See, that's what I'm telling you, Jared. I tell you, it makes you so sad. And to think of the talent and the the lives and just because of this you know, all we'd had to do is said, No, I'm afraid I'm not gonna go fly with you. He sounded like he was a pretty prudent guy, Randy, and he made yeah. good decisions. But on that occasion, you know, he had to have been thinking in the back of his mind, like, this is probably not a good idea. I'm already afraid of flying. This guy has been up all night. He must have known some of the other details. And he got just one of those fateful decisions <sighs> right then and there that he decided to go up in that airplane at the time. So, I mean, if I was aware that this dude had been partying all night as hard as he was, I probably wouldn't have gotten in the plane. So I don't, yeah. I mean, you know, who knows exactly what was going on. Mm-hmm. Randy seems to be a pretty level-headed guy. Yeah. But maybe he was after some beautiful pictures for old mom. He was. Man. He was thinking about his mom. And, and it's funny because oftentimes you'll hear about people, you wonder if they didn't have some sort of premonition because the fact that he was afraid of flying mm. and died in an airplane, maybe that was part of it. Maybe he was somehow connected to that That fateful event in his life and that was the reason he was afraid of flying in airplanes too so well i'm definitely scared of snakes so marty oh bit by a snake an old rattler or something i'm gonna be ticked don't don't make the decision to wrestle a snake at at some moment in your life and just go i'm gonna prove how cool i am and wrestle the snake don't do that jerry 
stay away from them snakes. Deal. No problem there. I can <laughs> do deal. that. So this also reminds me of the... And I Go ahead. And, and, it, and not to wrap up here, but mm-hmm. I want to just... Because mm-hmm. it, it's in my mind and I don't want to lose it. Yeah. But this makes me think of Stevie Ray Vaughan. Right. And his helicopter crash. So I read somewhere that he... They were taking turns hauling people back. And I think Clapton or there was another ma- major artist or band that was going up as well. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it was a couple of people were supposed to get on, and then they didn't. So then Stevie Ray Vaughan and someone else got under this this helicopter. Wow! And that was the turn that ended up they yeah. crashed into the hill or whatever had a malfunction. I don't remember exactly the details of that one, yeah. but very similar where he wasn't supposed to go, but then he, then he the decision made, mm-hmm. and then his fate was set. You hear about that often where there was some fateful decision or somebody who was supposed to be on the plane wasn't and then somebody else who wasn't was and yeah. what a dramatic change of events in your life. You yeah. know, in the big picture, it just, you never know. You never, never know. know. Could yeah. be tomorrow. Yeah. Walking across the street or whatever. Live your life. Yeah. that You know, that's what these things, and maybe that's why I'm so fascinated by these things too, is I do try to I kind of have that credo, like live every day to the fullest because you yeah. just, you never know when something like this can happen. One other quick um, detail that I thought was fascinating with this too, is apparently the, um, whoever investigates, and I forget who the NTSB is. I should have looked that up. It's a national something. Here, you keep talking. You check that out. They determined that ACOC's aviation medical certificate had expired and that ACOC had been the pilot in another fatal crash in the United Arab Arab Emirates six years earlier. So apparently he had piloted a helicopter that crashed that killed somebody else. What? And, and he lived. This pilot? The, yes. With the expired? Oh, my gosh. This pilot. To interject, the the NTSB is the National Transportation Safety Board. There we go. Okay. So in their investigation, they found this out. So Sharon Osborne, you know, Ozzy's, that was his newer wife and still mm-hmm. his wife today, who was kind of, uh, at that time, was becoming very instrumental in his career and is uh, kind of his tour manager, his agent, whatever it was she did. But uh, she had been aware of that prior crash apparently, but hadn't informed tour manager Jake Duncan or anyone else of his history. But it's funny because I don't get that part. There's a little twist here, but it says in the moments after the crash, crash, she immediately admonished tour manager Duncan for allowing their people into a plane with a pilot who had been awake and using drugs all night, telling him, don't you know that man had already killed one of the Calhoun kids in a helicopter crash? So she knew about it, but yet she was also admonishing him for allowing that to happen. I don't know where she was when they were making this decision to, oh, she was asleep. She, she was actually asleep. in sleep in, uh, as well. I do remember reading that. So that's pretty interesting too. Puts another little bit of a twist on it. So It's almost, you wonder, how did this fool get a get the job as the tour bus driver, right? You said he was the driver? Yep, yep. He killed somebody dri- flying an airplane prior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're just going to let him operate the bus full of this precious band? And then, oh, He's got the keys to a plane all of a sudden. Yeah, let's just mm-hmm. go up. Man, what a skis ball. This well, and was. if it happened in the United Arab Emirates and who knows what the details were, it's probably pretty difficult. And 
I would imagine, obviously, you can still get a CDL, a driver's mm-hmm. license, without having to reveal that you crashed a helicopter at some point. Oh, gosh. I don't but, know. Uh, you know, you kind of, in a way, you sort of feel for that guy, too. But yet you're like, nah, that was super irresponsible. But, you know, I'm sure he left people behind that were sad about his parting as well. But, you know, you'll never hear much more about his life after that. It was just, here's the guy that... Made a bad decision. Made a bad decision, drove the bus. And I wonder if there's any interviews with his, um, with that gal that he was trying to reconcile with. It would be interesting to see yeah. if that, and, and, you know, who knows, maybe that was just enough. Not that he was maybe directly attempting to kill her, but that further agitated him and also helped result yeah. in that crash of the plane. So there you go. Kids and, don't drink and drive and don't take cocaine and fly. Don't do that. Don't stay up all night doing cocaine. Don't stay up anyway doing cocaine all night. But if you do... In fact, it's not even worth staying up all night even if you you don't consume drugs or alcohol. Staying up all night, you're just cranky in the morning. You are. So just go to bed. Just get get your eight hours Mm -hmm. and live like Randy Rhodes. Practice your guitar. Get your eight hours of sleep. You'll Mm -hmm. be fine. You'd be fine. They emphasize. I worked on the railroad for a while. Sleep was a big factor. You know, yeah. you're not supposed to be out there working if you haven't been sleeping and flying an airplane on top of that. Good not God. a good idea. So, see why I was kind of sad though. I hope you know that doesn't bring bring me. It's fascinating though. It's it a was. Fascinating story, uh, it was so. very sad. It's very mm-hmm. sad, but it was a fascinating story, and I had no idea. So, there Marty, you thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. You're and welcome. This has been the safety report here at OTM. That's the way we'll look at it. And we're going to try not to focus too much on, but if we do talk about somebody and if they are no longer with us, it's always interesting to know. We're going to follow up on that, uh, the stats of that doctor's story about uh, are they destined to die that way? Uh, You know, he did clearly uh, through statistics show that, yeah, there's a lot of them that die the way you would suspect they sure. would die, whether it was aspirating vomit like we talked about Bond on our Scott, last episode. Right? Yeah. 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 Or something like this. Uh, that's why these stories are even more fascinating because it wasn't your typical sort of uh, artist rock and roller death. That's for sure. So, right on. There we go. Well, that's a wrap here on OTM. You don't Again, have a I'm funny joke or anything. Oh, here's a... my funny joke. Okay. <clears throat> I was kidding, but you got No, one I've got good. this one. Okay. I, I've, I've got I've, I have this one in the pocket for everything. Oh, I love it. Way to go, Jared. What's the difference between a bird and a fly? What's the difference between a bird? I don't know. A bird can fly, but a fly can't bird. I don't know. You loser. Have I told you this before? Is that it? That's totally <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, good. Here's my All next right. one. Ready? This is okay. my follow-up. Not Even if good. I know it, I won't tell you this. Yeah, don't, don't, don't ruin it. Okay. Why couldn't the bicycle stand on its own? Why couldn't the bicycle stand on its own. I don't know, it didn't have a kickstand, what? It was too tired. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And let's hope you're not all too tired now. Well, you've been listening to Outside the Mic. Thanks for listening, as always. Tune in next time. Next week will be another mini episode. And remember to check out OutsideTheMic.com and all streaming podcast platforms. Thank you. Thanks.